Welcome back to another Wednesday night Bible study. Welcome back, Kevin. It's good to uh, be here with Kevin and, and be here with all of you. If this is your first time joining us for our Wednesday night class, uh, what we're doing is we're going through uh, the topic of friendship and talking about why friendship is a struggle for a lot of us, why it's hard to develop new friendships and to reach deeper levels with our current friendships, but also the benefits of having good, solid friendships in our lives uh, and also how the gospel helps us to achieve uh, better friendships, deeper friendships, more spiritual friendships. And we're using Paul and some of his friendships as kind of a, a starting point, the Apostle Paul, and looking at the way that he uh, interacted with some of the people in his life and trying to learn some things from that, as well as taking advantage of some of Kevin's expertise. And, and right, we'll see. <laughs> it's always, uh, always, we, we very much appreciate not only the, the spiritual side that you bring to it, but also the professional side. Thanks. Yeah, it, it's been very enjoyable so far. And, you know, we just have five or six weeks left after this. And so we'll see how it all fits together. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving the way that it's all coming together. So tonight we're going to talk about managing your reaction, and Kevin will tell us more about what he means by that. Uh, but first we're going to start with uh, the relationship between Paul and John Mark. And we've kind of touched on John Mark just a little bit in relation to Barnabas when we talked about mm -hmm. Paul's relationship with Barnabas. John Mark and Barnabas were very close, probably uh, cousins, probably family and might be why Barnabas uh, sort of defended John Mark when he did. Uh, but John Mark went with Paul and Barnabas on their first missionary journey. And then halfway through, we read in Acts chapter 13 and verse 13, it says this, John left them and returned to Jerusalem. That's really all we know about what he did at that moment. Uh, we really don't know why he left halfway through the journey and went back to Jerusalem. But we do know that Paul... I don't want to say resented it, but, but remembered it for sure, because the next time it was time to go on a missionary journey in Acts chapter 15, it says, now Barnabas wanted to take with them, John called Mark, but Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. So Paul says, nope, we're not going to take John Mark. Barnabas says, yes, we need to take John Mark. And if you just stop there, you wouldn't necessarily realize that it was a big deal for Paul not to take John Mark. In fact, they disagreed so sharply that Barnabas went on a separate mission trip with John Mark and Paul went without the two of them. And so he went on a separate trip without them. But the story and the friendship of Paul and John Mark doesn't end there. Obviously, it started off kind of rocky and there was this time where Paul's like, nope, you, you, you abandoned us, you went away, you didn't finish the trip, so you're not coming with us again. But then later we read, and this is probably a decade later, 10 or 11 years later, when Paul is writing to the church at Colossae, and he says, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner greets you, and Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you have received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice, these are the only men of the circumcision, the only Jewish men, uh, these are the only men of the circumcision among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have been a comfort to me. So obviously, somewhere within that 10 or 11 years, Paul and John Mark sort of revived their friendship, 
and Paul was able to not only have a relationship with John Mark, but now they're fellow prisoners together. Mm -hmm. And he says that, that they are fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have been a comfort Right. to me. Well, that just means he's not allowed to go home, right? <laughs> right. So he couldn't leave him then. Yes. He has a captive audience. That's right. right. <laughs> he's stuck with them. Yeah. Um, so we don't really know what happened in between the time Paul said, nope, if you're going on this trip, I'm not going on this trip, to getting to this point where John Mark and Paul have such a great relationship that Paul considers him a fellow worker, considers him obviously a fellow prisoner, but also a comfort to him personally. And then finally, in Paul's last letter that he writes probably in his lifetime that we have record of anyway, 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 9, he's writing to Timothy and he says, do your best to come to me soon for Demas in love with this present world has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia, Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you for he is very useful to me for ministry. So I, I, I love the story, and obviously we don't have a ton of details with Paul in any of his relationships, but we get these little pieces throughout the scriptures between the writings of, of Luke in the book of Acts and Paul's letters, and we get these little glimpses of Paul's relationships with people. And obviously his relationship with John Mark started off rocky, uh, and it was difficult, and it was difficult to uh, regain trust, rebuild trust, to work together again. Obviously, at one point, Paul says, I don't, I don't want to work with you because I don't trust you that you're going to stick around and, and can complete the work. But then they get to a point where Paul says, no, you, you're my fellow worker and you're a comfort to me. And then he says that he is useful to me for ministry. And, and so it just reminds me that just because we find someone challenging or difficult right now, that it doesn't mean we can't have a fruitful relationship with them in the future. For me, that's the big takeaway with Paul and John Mark, is just because a relationship is difficult or challenging right now, or a person, you might find a person to be difficult or challenging, they might also find you to be difficult and challenging, right. who knows? But just because you find a person difficult or challenging, it doesn't mean that you write them off and say, that's just how they are, they'll never change, we'll never be able to have a good relationship because it's possible for you to move past that for them to grow, for you to grow, and for the two of you to grow together. And more than anything, that's what I get out of the relationship between Paul and John Mark, that just because we can't work together now, just because we're having difficulties now, doesn't mean it'll always be that way. And hopefully we can get to a point where we can work together. Right. Well, and I think something we can take from the example that Paul brings here is that when you communicate your displeasure with somebody, Right, and you say, I'm sorry, I can't do this right now, that good things can come from that, mm, yeah. right? Because sometimes when we are that upset, we will start burning bridges, right? Yeah. It's like, I'm gonna burn it all down, you'll never talk to me again, that's the way I want it, right? And if Paul had done that there, then he would have missed out on someone comforting, someone very useful to him. Yeah. And so managing your reaction in that sense becomes really, really important. Mm -hmm. And so, Part of, part of something I think we need to understand about our reactions in general before we can think about managing them is that um, 
when we when they happen, it seems like they come from nowhere, mm-hmm. right? It's like, or we kind of know where they're coming from, and we can say, well, because they've done this before and that before, things like that. It was like, well, what about that first time? Think back to then. Um, what was it that they did or said or acted like to you that made you feel that way about them? And then you begin to see, it's like, well, I'm not really sure where this came from. Or maybe it didn't have anything to do with that person, but it was something else that had happened in your life that you yeah. were reminded of in that moment. And so kind of noticing that our reactions to people many times seem like they don't come from that person or it doesn't come from something they directly said, yeah. but it's like something that occurs to us. Yeah. Right. And so I would describe that process as an empathetic process where like this other person is feeling something and they say things and it makes us feel like that too. Right. Not exactly the same, yeah. but something similar. And so somebody comes to you and they've had a bad day and they're upset and they say something and you feel upset. Um, and like maybe they've insulted you or like been short with you. It's like, well, I don't deserve that. And then you get angry with them and you're angry with each other. And before you know it, everyone's angry and feeling about the same. Yeah. Right. And we have a tendency to do this for other people where we might feel really happy and come in and be excited. And then they might catch on to that. They might start smiling with us or laughing with us or something like that. And watching a funny movie is a lot more fun if the other person's laughing. Mm -hmm. But if they're not laughing, like, oh, I don't know if I should laugh. Or So you kind of have this unease where you're not as sure of yourself. And so like there's something that is amplified by sharing with somebody else. But that includes, of course, these negative or painful sorts of interactions. And so you'll notice that the way that we react to things um, it is different. Um, it, it, can either, it can either bring us closer together or it can bring us farther apart, push us farther apart, really. And if we learn to react to people in a way, even whenever it's painful, even when it's hard, that can bring us closer together eventually, then that will be a benefit to us in our life. And so that's when I think it really makes sense to consider how to manage our reactions. Yeah. So are you saying that it's important, I just want to make sure that, that we're on the same page, that are you saying like it's important for us to articulate what it is that we're feeling in the moment? Like like if if something that someone did, I, I don't want to piggyback too much on the, the Paul John Mark thing, um, but maybe you could give us another example of, you know, how, you know, something might happen where you have a shared experience and one person might be feeling one way or interpreting it another way uh, than the other person. Are, are you saying it's really important for us to articulate this is why I feel this way or this is why I'm reacting this way? I think it can be hard to get at why. Okay. Right. And so sometimes people will be really concerned about the why of it all. Um, I think the what is probably somewhat more important, um, but to remember that it is likely something you're experiencing together. Mm -hmm. Right. Sometimes you can be with somebody and, and they might not be able to tell what it is that's going on for you. But as you start to communicate with them, because like sometimes we shut down, mm-hmm. right? And if we're the sort of person that shuts down when we're feeling um, big feelings, then we might not be, you know, transmitting 
what's going on for us. And it would be a little odd for that person who's most of the time shut down to start saying, he's like, well, you know, this reminds me of when I was a child. And then they go on to talk about something really painful for them. Yeah. Right. And so, and that's, of course, a really deep and personal kind of sharing moment. Mm -hmm. And that's probably not the best place to start a relationship, right? Because yeah. if, if you don't know them very well, then that, that could be a very abrupt kind of entrance into their, <laughs> into yeah. their inner life. Yeah. Um, now, if someone has upset you, I think it can be appropriate to let them know that they have upset you. Um, but if you're going to do that, bear in mind that they are likely upset as well mm-hmm. about something. And if if you think about it, many times you'll realize that the thing that they're upset about doesn't have very much to do with you, mm-hmm. right? And especially if this is a habitual thing where you're always talking with this person, they just routinely upset you. And then you're like, well, I don't know what's going on or why this is happening, but I don't like this person because they make me feel this way, yeah. right? And so rather than telling them, like, well, you make me feel this way, so I just don't like you, that's a bad idea, right? <laughs> and it's, I think, one of those burning bridges kind of moments right. where it's like, I'm going to say too much about what's going on. But rather than that, saying something like, you know, sometimes when we're together, it seems like something's off mm-hmm. and that confuses me. And sometimes that can be even upsetting yeah. to a degree, right? And so that's a managed reaction there. Where it's like, I have these bigger feelings but I'm being thoughtful and imagining I'm the, not the only one experiencing something like this. Mm-hmm. And if it's happening routinely with this person, then either I'm doing something I don't, I'm not aware of, or they have history that could help bring context to the emotion that they're mm-hmm. feeling. And we'll talk a little bit more about gaining insight into other people's lives next week. Mm-hmm. Um, in part of why I think this is almost a two-part lesson, um, because gaining insight into other people's in our lives, yeah. incredibly important. But for t- this week, I want to focus more on like gaining insight into our own inner life yeah. as a almost a catalyst for getting insight into theirs. Yeah. So you're asking what we're trying to get to the root of is why do I feel or what is it that makes me feel this way? Is that yeah. w- when when you feel negatively, using Paul and John Mark as a as an example, you know to get to the heart of why does that bother me so much when someone abandons the work? Is that the kind of thing that we're trying to get to the root of? Like, why, why am I having such an adverse reaction to someone when he does this? It may be because that was really wrong. Like he shouldn't have done that. And it may be because of other times people yeah. have broken my trust in my past right. and I, I just have a hard time trusting someone when they, when they abandon me and so I, I struggle with this now and when somebody manifests that, it, it really rubs me the wrong way. Right. And well, we don't know enough about Paul right. to, to suppose where those things came from for sure. him. Um, it, you know, he was obviously very zealous for the work and right. so to have this person on him that wasn't hadn't been dependable in the past it's like ah, sorry not going to deal with this but i think maybe another story here in in that is that john mark stayed engaged with paul mm-hmm. and it would have been really easy for him to be like ah, this guy hates me i like i'm not going to talk to him if i yeah. can avoid it but he continued to engage and he knew he had done something yeah that, to upset him 
And it, I think that might be the best example of a managed reaction yeah. there. It's like, he's mad at me and I get it. Yeah. Right. It's okay. Like, I understand what happened. And then kind of basing our further reactions, our further efforts on that is really good. Right. To, to be like, well, sometimes people are going to upset me and I'm going to upset them mm -hmm. and I can make it right if I act correctly. Yeah. Right. Um, and so for Paul here, uh, where he's experienced maybe an abandonment, maybe a, um, somebody he was counting on that turned out to not to be so apt or useful for the mm -hmm. thing he was supposed to be useful for. Um, we would, for, for him to look back in his life, when else have I felt like this, right? And so whenever we're interacting with our friends um, and perhaps we've been upset about something that's happened, consider for yourself, when else have I felt like this? And then we start to get a bigger picture mm -hmm. in our life for why the why we would feel like this, right? And so it's like, what are we feeling? What are we experiencing? When else have we felt like this? Are components to answering that why question? Yeah. Because sometimes we get very upset. It's like, oh, why do I feel like this? We just have no insight mm -hmm. into why to why we would. Mm -hmm. And so remembering and noticing what we feel when else we felt like this yeah. is a good way to gain context into that um into that part of our life really yeah and so as we're doing that gaining this context then we are also noticing how sometimes the way we react and the way that we feel isn't really proportional to the situation that we're in now yeah and so if it's not in proportion then it's partly because of this greater context we have in our life, right? And so in a certain sense, like this anger we feel toward this person in a way is, a, is that we're making them pay for all the other times we felt like mm -hmm. this. And that can be really confusing yeah. for that other person. Right. <laughs> it's like, whoa, it's like this is really personal and really important to you, I can tell, but... Where did this come from? Yeah. So managing your reaction is sort of the opposite of overreacting. Is yeah. that what you'd say? Yeah. Oh, and it's definitely an understated kind of lesson title because this is about being angry. This is about mm -hmm. like having big reactions. Um, and so understated to the point where it's like, I feel like it can lose its meaning almost a little bit. But when I get really angry, I do have to rein it back somehow mm -hmm. and to realize what I'm feeling right now is in proportion with other things that have happened in my life and not with this other person. Mm -hmm. And to realize that sometimes I feel this way because someone else has brought it with them to me. Well, I think that's, I think it's a helpful title actually because, and, and I think that you, we have to assume, we don't know, you know, whether obviously Barnabas felt like Paul was overreacting maybe, you yeah. know, maybe Barnabas thought that Paul wasn't managing his reaction well and he was, you know, exaggerating it too much. We won't assume to to take a judgment on that. You know, mm. maybe Paul was managing his reaction well, and he believed that his reaction to what John Mark had done in the past that it was justified yeah. given the situation. Mm -hmm. And and like you said too, thankfully John Mark managed his reaction, and that neither of them burned the bridge and yeah. so overreacted to the situation that they said, this will never be okay, this will never be fixed, you blew it, I will never have a friendship with you. And so I think that that's a really helpful title because sometimes 
anger and even distance, mm -hmm. you know, to say, I can't work with you right now. Sometimes maybe that is a, a legitimate, reasonable reaction to what's happened. And sometimes maybe it's not. And like you're saying, maybe it's because of something that happened in the past and it really has very little to do with what's happening in the present. Right. Or, or it has to do with a sense of duty that we have, mm -hmm. right? So even taking Barnabas and Paul here, where they had this sharp disagreement, yeah. right? It, we can see almost transparently that they had conflicting duties here mm -hmm. or maybe Paul felt a primary duty to the work, yeah. right? Which is certainly a very important duty. Sure. And maybe Barnabas felt a similar duty to his family, yeah. right? It's like, and, and he knows John Mark better than Paul does. He's yeah. like, I know he can do this. I know. Yeah. And of course he's an encourager. Right. <laughs> and so he told Paul, it's like this, he can do this. Like he can, he is better. He will learn from what happened and, yeah. and all of that, right? And so he has this duty to his family you know, based in the knowledge that he has a greater knowledge than Paul had. And so that sharp disagreement, that anger there, mm -hmm. <clears throat> that really had to do with these conflicting duties. And so it's good to remember as well that when we feel angry, it's not so simple. It's never so simple, yeah. right? And that our anger comes from somewhere, comes from somewhere more understandable, right? You know, if I'm mediating Paul and Barnabas' discussion here, which probably would not be very fun, um, but if I'm doing that, then it's like, well, you know, Paul, I can see this duty you have. Yeah. And Barnabas, I can see this possibly conflicting duty. Let's find a way to bring these together, right? And so as we notice our anger and our reactions to other people, we too can see that ours comes from a more lovable place than anger than anger presents. Because mm -hmm. right? anger is something we feel to act in protection of other feelings we have, mm. other duties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And just recognizing that and understanding why, maybe if yeah. we can get to the why, but what's causing that reaction right. in us well, that's because I have this sense of duty. It's because I want to accomplish these things. Right. It's because of this, that, or the other. And I think that's really helpful because sometimes yeah. we just react without taking any sort of uh, accounting of what's going on inside and you know, what's causing the reaction that we're having. Exactly. Well, and as we become mindful of our empathetic reactions, then you can start to realize that feeling with other people and trying to take care of other people is really tiring, mm -hmm. right? We can become fatigued from that um, kind of interaction. And some people will call this like compassion fatigue or something like mm -hmm. that. And when we are experiencing this kind of fatigue, I think it's really important that we remember our roles in that situation. It's like, well, if it is my role as a caregiver to take care of this person, um, ought I to expect them to take care of me back? Um, sometimes the answer is kind of yes. Like, you know, with a spouse mm -hmm. or something, like you would expect things to trade off somewhat yeah. or with a friend even. Um, and if you learn over time that this friend or this person can't be depended on to take care of you and you have a duty to them and perhaps to like a spouse, then communicating how you would like to get there someday mm -hmm. is really important but perhaps you thought of them as a friend and you've come to realize that they, they are only ever going to depend on you and you perhaps can't count on them. Yeah. 
you have a decision to make. It's like, do I want to push my friendship forward with this person and try to get this from them? Um, or do I find a way to find support from elsewhere? Mm-hmm. Right? Perhaps a different relationship where those roles are more in line with receiving support, maybe reciprocally, or maybe there are people in your life that are there for you to receive support from, and that those people are getting it from somebody else even. Yeah. So would you say that this idea of managing your reaction goes hand in hand with managing your expectations of people? Yeah, um, yeah I think so. Um, it, <laughs> so. I always like to quickly manage my expectations in, an, in, in a new environment. Yeah. Um, that I would go into and think, well, what what could I reasonably expect for people to provide for me here? And what can I reasonably expect myself to provide for there? Right. And so whenever we're doing that, then we we need to find a way to we need to find a way to get that support from an appropriate source. Yeah. And of course, you know, we want to be mindful it's like this is tiring. Working very hard for people all the time is very tiring. It's so important that you get support from somewhere, from someone. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, whenever we are depending on those resources, whenever we find a way to dip into this deep well of friendship, support, um, maybe people at the church that you can count on, um, our elders or ministers, or maybe you go and get help for yourself uh, from in the form of therapy or something like that, mm-hmm. then having those people in your life is a, can be a vital way to continue to provide this good thing in the form of compassion. But when it comes to resolving those sorts of situations in, in our life and kind of working through them, Finding a way to come at peace and come and be at peace with them ourselves, I think, is the best starting place. It's like, well, this is happening. I felt like this before. Here's when they were. Um, here is how now is being influenced by what happened before. Mm-hmm. Do I want that to be like that? Should this person know this has happened to me before? Right? And is that a way I could open up to them? Mm-hmm. Right, and you may find that some of the risks that you take there are well worth it in deepening your relationships. Yeah. So if you tell somebody, you know, I won't make you the bad guy in the scenario. Sorry. I'll make myself the bad guy. So you you tell me, well, Wes, you you didn't show up. You know, we had a lunch. We were going to go have lunch, and you didn't show up. And I really got frustrated, and so I really started to think about why I got frustrated. And it, it, it's because there's been a couple times where you haven't shown up when we had something, you know, set. And and I just kind of want to know going yeah. forward, is that going to be the way it is? Or maybe yeah. you say, I kind of got upset because I've had other people in my life let me down, and I'm just really struggling with trusting people right now. And it it really it bothers me probably more than it should because of these things that have happened in my past that have nothing to do with you or maybe that do have something to do with you. But just communicating that with somebody, I can see how if you bring me into that and you make me aware of the reaction that you're having rather than me just get there and say, Kevin, I'm sorry, I'm late. You know, I I hate that I'm late for lunch and you just don't talk to me the whole time. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. It's something simmering below the surface and creating... It, it creating that burning bridge kind of scenario. Yeah. It's like, well, this guy, like, 
you know, we arranged lunch and I was a few minutes late, sure, but then he just treated me poorly the whole time. Yeah, yeah, and just, and then maybe I assume, well, that's just how Kevin is, and I, you know, and then I go on my way, whereas if you told me, listen, it really bothers me because this yeah. happened to me one time, then I know that, and yeah. then going forward, I'm able to manage my reaction and I don't overreact yeah. to what's going on and getting things yeah. out on the table. And I think you brought up something interesting too, is whether or not and when you should bring those things up because it mm -hmm. may not always be appropriate to unload your baggage and yeah. say, well, you know, I've got trust issues because of this, that, and the other. It can but, be a very odd way to deepen a relationship, right, for sure. Right. Not always an improper way. And sometimes you'll feel like it's just bursting out of you, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's an understandable experience for sure. And, it, and it's, it's good to recognize that it's just an enormous risk to, to let somebody in on that. Um, but, you know, even in this fake scenario, as you told me about this uh, trust issue you have, it's like, oh, you know, I would want to take care of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And good people, which there are many in the world, um, good people will also want to take care of that. Mm -hmm. Right. And you don't want that to become a well you dip into over and over again with them. It's like, oh, you know, That's I'm true. just always like this. Right. You, it's still within your power to manage your reaction mm -hmm. and to be like, you know, I'm trying to trust. I'm going to act out of that trust and try to grow myself there yeah. instead of always being diminished in myself. Yeah. Um, but so like it is a two part thing um, where it's like, you know, part of managing a reaction is toning it down. But part of it is trying to strengthen yourself and to, to try harder to, um, to make the gains that, friendship offers yeah yeah that's really powerful stuff did we get through the oh things you yeah wanted to cover? Yeah, i just had to figure out how to read the bottom line so <laughs> yeah i did that just fine well that's great you know i i think that's so important because every single friendship every single relationship whether it's a marriage or whether it's a neighbor or whether it's somebody at church or is somebody at work every single every single relationship is going to hit some rough waters. It's going yeah. to hit some bumps in the road. There's gonna be a moment where somebody lets you down or disappoints you or walks away or does something that you think is out of line. Yeah. And then how you handle that situation and how you sort of come back together and rebuild after that is so incredibly important. Right, and those difficult moments only happen when you're participating. That's a great point. Right, yeah. and so if you're participating, if you're trying, um, if you're taking these risks, then difficult times will come. Yeah. And when they come, know that you're not participating alone, right? And if you feel repeatedly like you are participating alone, then maybe you're learning something about them instead of something about you. Yeah. And you can choose someone else. Yeah. That's a great point. That's a great point. Well, thanks for this, Kevin. Right. Let's let's spend a few minutes in prayer. As I always say, especially during this time of isolation and being disconnected from each other, we really want to emphasize the importance of friendships and relationships. So if there's anything that you need, please don't hesitate to let us know about it. Reach out to us at the church office. Uh, reach out to us on our website, ccmcdermott.org slash prayer. Let us know how we can pray for you. Let us know how we can help you. But again, thanks for participating in our class tonight. We'll close with a prayer. Father, we, we thank you for this time that Kevin and I could spend together and, and think through how we manage our reactions uh, to other people disappointing us or saying or doing things that we don't understand. Father, help us to examine ourselves, examine our hearts, examine the way that we're, 
we're treating others and the way that we're being treated. And Father, help us to examine our heart and our mind, our words and our life. Help us, Father, to live in such a way that we don't burn bridges, but that we build them. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that you have built a bridge from yourself to us through Jesus and reconciled us to you. And Father, help us to be in the business of reconciliation with the world. Father, thank you so very much for your spirit who lives within us. And we pray that you help us to walk by the spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.